Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. This Saturday night from Las Vegas. Fight's going to be uh, eight two-minute rounds, and they're going to be wearing 12-ounce gloves. Heard conflicting stories. There might be, might not be a winner announced. Any of you guys? Uh, oh, there's definitely going to be a winner announced because Roy Jones is going to get knocked the fuck out. You might be announcing the winner from your living room, but I don't know if it's going to be an official announcement. Oh, shit. Guys, guess what? We're not alone today. It's Jeff, myself, and we're extremely blessed and pleased to have the Libros in-house today, Tan and Vin Lee. What is up? Well, we've got two-thirds of the Two-thirds of the Libros. We are missing a third Libro. Never forget it. (laughs) Yeah, so we're missing out on a little free action here for the trilogy, but we've got two-thirds and not just any. Wait, one fighting championship featherweight world champion. I haven't heard that very many times, so it does sound kind of cool, I guess. (laughs) Are are you you still getting used to uh, hearing that? Definitely, definitely. Like, carrying this belt around is weird. Uh, Hearing that is kind of weird. But it's nice to have some things finally pay off, you know? Anything change since uh, the big fight? Not a thing. Not a thing. Go home, do the same shit, play Call of Duty. Did you buy yourself any presents? I bought my wife a a Forerunner. Oh, all right. I bought a couple pair of shoes. That's about it. I don't spend money very freely. I'm, they make fun of me because I'm I'm a Grinch, you know. I keep I keep as much money in the bank account as possible, and I spend as little as possible. Hey, that's that's how it works, man. The thing that I was most shocking at all was how heavy that belt was. It is. I mean, this ain't like no heavy. local promotion belt. This is like a fifty pound belt. <laughs> it's it's heavy. I tell you what, these hands aren't fully healed yet, and it's still a pain in the ass to kind of move around and throw it on the shoulder and tote around. Have you been wearing it around? Just, you know, gone no. public now? Uh-uh. No, I, I took a few pictures in bed with it. That's cool. You know? <laughs> Not like that, but, you know, the next morning. But it's been just sitting up at the school because it's nothing. Like, it's just a piece of hardware. It's cool. But really what I like is that we fought the best dudes and and we came out on top. So, I, you know, that's the main goal. Yeah. So let's talk about the trip, man. Out to Singapore, obviously a lot of COVID restrictions and that kind of stuff. How was the trip overall? The trip there was fine, like not a ton of travelers. So we all got our own row, threw some pillows down. We laid down like across three, four seats, um, myself, Sean, Vin. And uh, that was awesome. That was cool. Getting to Singapore was a shock. We got in, you go to the airport, you, uh, you've you got to take a COVID test so they make sure everything's good there. You get escorted in separate vans for each of your people to the hotel in separate rooms. Can't leave the room for any reason besides training once in the morning, once at night. Wow. Um, they bring the food to you, anything you order, they bring to you. Like it's, and how it's long jail. Was, how so, long they, was so they kept you guys separate the, the entire, entire time? Oh, like, the oh, wow. en- entire trip. Wow. was like that until the ride to the airport we rode in the same van the the ride to the event was in the same van uh we trained together and after the fight for the two days before we left they allowed us to go in each other's rooms wow, wow. did they do covid testing all that stuff we had, three, we had uh three covid tests when we get one when we got there one in the middle of the week, and then after the fight, too. Okay, how were the tests? Is like the deep, yeah. the brain swabs? They, they touch your brain, <laughs> and uh, usually they just do one and then pull it out. Well, they did one in ten, uh, one nostril for 10 seconds, pulled it out, and did the other nostril for 10, 10 seconds. 10 seconds? Like, Hang I on. had it done, but mine was just like a little brief so touch. They, I was going to corner somebody for a UFC fight, so they send you this at-home 
pack that, to do it yourself. And you go up to the edge of your nostril, like kind of way before brain. It seems like that's all you need. No problem. Right. I can do that myself. No issues. Then we went there and there was another one that I thought was the brain tickle. That one is deeper in your, na- you know, you, you kind of, your eyes are tearing up, you're almost coughing. And then we did the one at the hotel f- from the Singapore government. And that was as deep as anything has ever gone inside my body. <laughs> you feel it stop. Like you feel it hit where it can't go no more. You feel like and like then they start where, digging around. Where it's there. hitting the bone. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like, am I going to leak brain fluid here? They're, oh yeah, God. they're super strict over there. It seems like you should just be able to spit in a cup and they can dig right. around in there and find out if the own is... Exactly. Swimming around. If it's positive, if it's negative, like you're going to get that from the the shallow swab, I'm sure. But man, uh, that was uncomfortable. Dude, they might just be fucking with us. You know, like they they could probably just put a little Q-tip in there. Like, nah, we're going for the brain. We're going to poke around. Like if I I have to wear a mask so I don't spit on you and you can get sick, why do you have to touch my brain? Exactly. I think what it is is they're like, oh, if you get COVID, you're going to get hurt taking this test. I think that's part of it. It's like, oh, we're going to try to kill you. You want to come here and here, do fights. We're going to make you pay. That's right. You want to be a fighter? Let's see how tough you are. <laughs> I'm not tough. Leave me alone. Protect your brain stem. I've seen fighters who are fighting, and uh, they're getting tested, and they're gagging and coughing and grabbing the doctor's hand like, no more, no more. Fight the hands. Two to one. Two on one. <laughs> We yeah, talk- these are the toughest looking dudes on the planet, you know, like oh, uh, yeah. the, the guys from Dagestan and Thailand and all this. And no, nah, I don't want none of that. Absolutely not. <laughs> so before you started fighting with one, had you traveled around Asia a lot or is this like y'all's first experience getting to go out that, there? That's my absolute first time traveling to anywhere on that side of the planet. And it's been awesome every single time. Even this one, I was in jail, basically locked up, but. It was still cool because I got to fly across the world with two buddies of mine that also helped me beat people up. And buddy. yeah, you know, <laughs> and then it's, uh, you know, you get to go fight somebody like I, I would honestly I do this job for free. I would pay to do this job. That's what I did early in my career. You're basically yeah. paying to go fight people. It's awesome. We talked about it a little bit off uh, before we started recording. Uh, but this was your first fight that your dad wasn't able to be in your corner. Tell me about the feel of that. Like it had to be a different feel going into that, knowing that you always have your dad there kind of like a security blanket. Cause he's the one that started time in, in a Taekwondo and 100%. basically been your coach your whole life. So what was it like not having him there? So, you know, I know obviously everybody's uh, for the most part, his dad is, is really, they want the best for you no matter what. Yep. Right. So he's, he's always been, I've talked about this in previous interviews is he's had like the perfect dad slash coach uh, mentality. Like he's involved. He wants me to do well and he'll give me any information that he has that could help me. But when it's time to take a step back and let other, other guys take the reins, let his other son take the reins on coaching. He does it because he, he knows not his place, but he knows how much he can contribute and where he can't contribute, then cool. Let other people help my right. son do good things. So we did this whole thing and he's been to every one of my fights, obviously he's been in my corner. Um, and for this fight, they would only allow work visas for myself and two cornermen. So I had Sean Gayton from mid city MMA, uh, and obviously my brother from my life. And, uh, <laughs> we, we were the team and he took a step back and he obviously understood that that was the best move for me to, to make sure that I get the best cornering, I get the best information, all that. And obviously it sucked for him. He wanted to go. He's never missed a fight. And I know it hurt him inside, but 
he cares about me and my career and, and yeah. what we're doing more than anything. Yeah. Obviously, it's your son out there going to live his dream. So that's the most important thing possible. So it wasn't that big a deal. It right. was, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? And then I've got Vin there the entire time. He knows to to click his brain to dad mode for a second. Be like, oh, what would dad say here? Hey, son, keep your hands up. Or hey, throw some knees. Or hey, relax. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, my dad's definitely... uh the guy in every one of my fights screaming from the corner, elbows and knees. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's trying to create some damage. That's that's what it is. Dad knows what's up. Well, that's a Taekwondo guy. Where did he, where did he learn about elbows and knees? Dad's a martial arts guy. Yeah. And that's why he's okay Okay. with taking a step back. You know what I mean? Obviously Taekwondo is his main, uh, art, but really it's, hurt this man and don't get hurt yourself and that's where we get our mentality. It sounds like dad needs to write a book about all this stuff. I mean, yeah, I've, I've picked his brain. Vince picked his brain so much that we still couldn't do do it justice. But maybe we'll sit down at the end of the career when we're old men and, uh, you know, pick his brain, put it on paper and try to try to contribute to the martial arts world a little bit. He's got such awesome insight on right. every aspect, whether he knows this art or not. He knows fighting. He knows yeah. damage. He knows how not to get hit. So it's it's pretty useful all the right. time. I gained a whole lot more respect for your dad uh, when I interviewed Free and just the way he spoke about your dad and yeah. spoke about you guys' family, just bringing him in and just like, hey, you're here, you're a part of this now. And uh, just the way he spoke about your dad, it just seems like your dad is not only a great martial artist, but just an overall great dad yeah. and just a great human being. We we say this all the time. I mean, we we try to make it a point pretty regularly to just say, hey, man, you know, my life's awesome. Your life's awesome. We've, we've done some pretty cool stuff. Like we get to do this stuff for a job. I get to help people learn how to fight people. Like we try to be as grateful as possible at all times. And that's another one is like, I'm our family, my mom, my dad. I, okay. So most people want to do it better than their parents did. I want to do it as good as my parents did. They did it in my book, obviously are my parents. So 10 out of 10, perfect score. I'm going to try to get as close to that as possible. They just did everything the right way in my eyes. They coached the right way. They took a step back the right way. They gave me room when they needed to. They was on my ass when they needed to. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, that is amazing. So you guys are in Singapore, you're getting to the fight and we spoke about it a little bit earlier. Uh, so in the first round, I thought that you were moving a little sluggish that you were, uh, just kind of, weren't really tying Lee yet. I thought you took a couple shots that I'm not used to seeing you take. And then I'm getting, I'm used to seeing you finish fights in the first round. Uh, but you told me you thought that was the best round of your career. 100%. So like my fights aren't an act, uh, an accurate depiction of me as the best martial artist I could possibly be. Like if I had it my way, I would never knock anybody out the first round because I want to go out. I want to get an accurate feel for your distancing, your timing, your explosion, your speed, your footwork. What do you do when I do this? What do you do when I do that? That type of shit. Like Mm -hmm. I want as much information as possible so I can go pick where you're going to die and then go kill you, you know? Um, And then this is, I think the best round I've had because it was all movement oriented. If you really sit back, kind of watch the fight. I mean, he landed two pretty decent inside leg kicks. Uh, I felt those the next day. Those were good. And in the first round, maybe a punch or two. Uh, I'll say two to be generous, but, and then I landed a bunch, right? So it it wasn't um, fair and it wasn't close as far as strikes landed, but he was the aggressor and he was coming forward. I don't care about that Mm. aspect of the fight at all. Zero. I'll run, quote unquote, run for five rounds because 
I like to counterfeit. I like to fight you at distance. And then I continue to build the lead. So by the time you're fed up with that, by the time you're behind on the scorecards in round two, three, four, five, you take a step up like a man. And that's what closing your distance gets you hit yeah. and hurt. A lot of guys don't have the patience Martin did. So they're saying, I'm losing in the first round. I need to win this round. Let me go fuck this guy up. And mm-hmm. that's when you get hit. So, right. so you're saying you felt like that first round against Martin Wynn was the best, the best first round or the best round you've ever had. Did you know that sitting on the bench between rounds one and two, was that something that was going through your mind? So yes, during the the round, I'm continually, you know, you know, have an inner monologue with yourself. Like this is going well, I'm landing these shots. You're trying to pay attention to things that are happening, but obviously that's why we have high level corners. And I've got Vin in the corner saying he didn't like that. Continue. He didn't like that. Keep doing that. Keep moving. Keep this, keep that. And in between rounds, like, Hey, keep doing exactly what you're doing. Add this, take out this. You're doing great. I always get like a little recap. I like a recap round by round, just in case you see something I don't. And then I do a, you know, but my brother, I've known him all his life. And uh, we do do a, a really good job of, you know, like communicating. So I understand with the intensity of his voice, the level of shouting or yelling that Sean does from the corner. Like I feel that because we've been together for a long time. So I'm getting an understanding of where we're at, how the round's going. Should I pick it up? Defense, more defense, more offense, you know, where we're at as as far as that goes. But I was really happy with the first round, came back to the corner and got some reassurance. Like, hey, first round was good. It was perfect. Do that again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, knock them out whenever you want. It seemed like Martin was doing a fantastic job of keeping his chin away from you in those early rounds. Yeah, he was. Um, He was, he had a perfect game plan as far as he knew he could not keep up with my initial off rhythm style movement off the line. That was an, I could tell that was already decided before we even fought. Very smart move from him and his team. Cause that's accurate. He, if he would not Very have honest assessment, 100% of it. and not a lot of people do that. Right. Like right. that's like a coach student thing that that's kind of weird. Like, Hey, you can't fight him here cause you will lose. But you know, Sanford's a great team. Uh, Henry Hoof is a smart guy. Oh yeah. So that's a, that's a great assessment. Like, Hey, we can't keep up with this initial go. So whenever you see anything happen from this man, put your forehead towards him, hide your chin, put your hands up. Like that was, that was great on his part. Um, and then that combined with the pressure just continually kept the fight going. Like he kept getting hit on the forehead, but that allowed him to survive past that. Right. So when you do things like that, if that's a strategy, you have to understand that if you're going to cover every time I hit on my first go, cause you can't keep up with that off rhythm, then you'll never hit me at the same time. That's fine. Go get his ass on the backside. When he's done, go get him, Pre- continue the pressure and fight him after that. Right. And that was their, their go-to. And then in the third round, you saw that he kind of abandoned that more pressure, more pressure. And then when we got close to the cage was swing, swing, swing. Yeah. And Obviously, that's what got him knocked out. But the game plan and the progression through that was pretty damn good. Right. Did you know the end was near in that third round? Did you know it was over? Yeah. So I've got a really good feel through the first two rounds for him and his uh, attacks, but he changed it up. So what happened was instead of covering on the first go, he would just fire, fire, fire. And that kind of put me on my heels a little bit. Obviously, we saw he was doing really well in the beginning of the third round. But I know when you fight me like that, I can touch your face. And then when I touch your face, you know, like out of 12, 13 fights, whatever it is, I have a high percentage of hurting you. You know what I mean? Did you feel like that was just him getting desperate? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, his corner was pushing the issue also, like go get in his face, go get in his face. But your corner isn't the one getting punched. So yeah. I know he was surviving those yeah. hits, but he, he didn't like those hits that, you know, when you get hit, if I hit you in the arm, you know, if I took that on the chin, that's not going to be a good day right. for me. Maybe I go to sleep. Maybe I don't, but that's just nothing I want to take. Right. And I could see him battling with himself like, okay, I've got to do the game plan, but if I get hit like that in the face, that's going to be a problem and he might take my belt. So it's, 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 it was like a, he was fighting with himself, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause it looked like he had to change something because like you said, he, he was fighting a smart game plan, but he was losing. Correct. So he, he had to take a risk. He had to reach out. He had to switch something, right. uh, which I mean, the standing back looking like it, it, fighting, you would probably be the best to try to take you down. But I mean, but then again, you're a high level jujitsu guy as well. I mean, you train with Ryan Hall forever. So, I mean, th that's not an easy task as well, but your movement is such that, you know, you're on that, in my opinion, you're on that Conor McGregor level of understanding distances and knowing like, oh, if you want to come get my legs, oh, that's fine, but I'm going to hit you several times before you have a chance to touch me. All right. Conor McGregor is getting close to Tan's level of understanding. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Do you think, <laughs> do you think that understanding of distance comes from Taekwondo? Cause I know yeah. that's a very important, right? Because you're throwing head kicks constantly. So you need to know when you're in range, when you're out, how to bounce in and out. And that's a little bit of disconnect from Taekwondo and fighting is people go and do that thing that you just, just talked about, but they go too far in that direction. Like Taekwondo is a lot of when you're sparring in the gym, it's a lot of touch. It's not a lot of knockouts. You don't bang in the gym if you're a Taekwondo guy, typically. And we were even a harder kicking Taekwondo school compared to anybody I've ever seen. But still, compared to fighting, it's, it's nothing. So you can't go too far in that direction as far as the sport goes. And then you've got to be able to reel the good things from that, take it, and then bring it into fighting. So, yeah, yeah be elusive. Move. Be uh, quick at making the miss and being right on their ass after that with your with your range and your your kicks and your strikes or whatever. But you've got to understand what range you're sitting at, and that yep. that's a lot yeah. of reps when you're doing taekwondo since you were five. Yes, and that's like yeah. being a day to day striking student has its enormous benefits. Obviously, there's a downside. If I'm spending hours a day doing striking, I'm not spending hours a day uh, playing blackjack. So obviously there's a give and a take there. Like you're right. not going to yeah. be very good at blackjack, but you're going to be very good at striking yeah. and that works striking to grappling and all this stuff too. But it translates better when you really actually understand striking, mm -hmm. then you learn things like grappling or wrestling way quicker and deeper, better, however you want to say it. Right. You know what I mean? What I always see with Taekwondo guys, you only, you get, you get the best of one of two worlds. You're either going to be guys that come that have trained Taekwondo their whole life. When they come into MMA, either they're immediately going to shoot up to the top levels and the top organizations, or they're going to be dog shit. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think it comes down to not getting hit in the face. Mm. You're not used to getting hit in the face. We had a guy who used to be on our team back with uh, at gladiators. Won't name any names, mm -hmm. but as an amateur, he was undefeated, but he took everybody down. Mm -hmm. Then he turned pro. And in his very first pro, first pro fight, Guy ran across the cage and jabbed him. And he had a deer in headlights look and oh, dude just shit. swarmed him, knocked him out. <laughs> mm -hmm. He took like a three-year layoff, came back, trained at, trained at a great team too. I mean, a phenomenal team out of state. Came back, same situation. Mm -hmm. It's like it's almost like some people can't uh, equate that, can't, can't readjust the computer to go, okay, I'm going to get punched in the face now. Right. And that was the only thing with Taekwondo. I've, al I've always kind of been like, I don't understand why there's no punches to the face and things like that. 
So we weren't you getting used to getting punched in the face either coming from right. taekwondo. Yep. So you got to keep that going. Don't get punched in the face. Move your feet. <laughs> Don't get punched. Don't go from something you do already and then change it like, all right, I'm be inside boxing guy. No. Yep, right. Why do you think we fight the way we fight? I don't like getting punched in the face. Move your feet. Don't get punched. And you can do what you keep doing. A big part of that, too, is like understanding that Taekwondo, it's, it, this is no longer art versus art type of thing in mixed martial arts. If right. you are art versus art guy and you don't know the other arts, you're going to get victimized. If I am Taekwondo guy and you try to stand far... Yeah. At a long range, I'm going to kill you every time. Yep. If you're wrestling guy versus Taekwondo guy and we get close, I'm going to lose every single time. If I don't lose, it's because I know how to wrestle or I did something wrestling wise, whether on purpose or accident to stop that. It's, it, it's not an art versus art thing. Yeah. It's a person versus person thing. What skills do I develop to make me a complete well, fighter? Well, that's like 25 years ago when it was first starting out. That's, that was kind of the formula, right? You had a BJJ guy against a boxer. Let's see For how sure. it, and the boxer was only a boxer and the BJJ dude only grappled, right? 100%. But, but now, yeah, it's complete fighters that might be, be specialized in one or two of it those has arts. to but, be like that. Yeah. Just like to your point where, you know, a Taekwondo guy is either going to be really good or really bad. It all depends on application. Have you figured out what Taekwondo actually does as an art? That was created for whatever reason. Reason X, kicking, long-range fighting. Yep. Then your Greco stuff was developed for reason Y, this close range, upper body, blah, blah, blah. So you're, you have to complete your martial arts circle. You can't just have one piece of the pie and expect that to cover all spots. You have to learn other arts. It's just not an option. So right. Taekwondo fits the Taekwondo stuff. Can you... Keep the fight in your Taekwondo area because you're really good at that. But when the fight goes somewhere else, do you have plans, escape routes to bring you back to that range? Or are you yeah. good at something else? Right. Yeah. I decided to get really good at bringing it back to Taekwondo and really good at grappling. So whether you're too far or too close, I win. You right. may be able to dictate that because you're a, uh, a better wrestler than I am or uh, controlling the wrestling aspect of the fight. But if... No matter, wrestling doesn't kill you. Wrestling brings you to the ground or keeps you standing. Yep. Okay. If you're good at both of those spots, where do you win? You can't beat me by wrestling, but you can on points. So that's where strategy comes into right. play, right? And it's the situation as old as time. If you look at guys like Alexander the Great, they traveled all of Europe, all of Asia, created pancreation, just trying to find out how do I become a better killer? And that's all it is. And if you look at the evolution of mixed martial arts, like you just said, it's no longer art versus art. Now it's me versus you. And it's it's more yeah. like you're an athlete that has these tools in your box. I'm an athlete that has my tools in my box. We've both been training for this for a long time. Let's see who wins. Right. And that's why I'm a big fan of people like, oh, this guy's going to smash this guy. This guy's going to kill that guy. I'm very much the, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we make our predictions, but. We'll that, see that because at the to, end of the day, it's a fight. Yeah, that's like, why they have the fights. They don't just call the winners exactly. based on the matchups. You actually have to act yeah. it out because I mean, you don't know. Yeah, that you goes go back you to go, Roy and Mike. Like right, Roy and Mike. You're a huge. You yeah. know, you you said Mike all the way. I'm so, on the other side yeah. of it. Yeah. Roy Jones know. Jr. was fighting professionally know. up until like right. two years ago, and yeah. at a high level still. And but he was picks. but he was getting knocked out two years True. ago. But I was making picks. I made a pick, and I said Mike. Yeah. And then the more and more I think about it, I like Roy, man. Uh, it's just like the vi the training videos that we've seen mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. Mike. I mean, him just bobbing and weaving. And here's my thing. I don't think Roy Jones is now coming up to heavyweight. And he has never in his life been hit as hard as Mike Tyson's going to hit him. 
And Mike Tyson has never fought anyone who can move his feet like Roy Jones. Yeah. Oh, has he? No, because no one moves their feet like Roy Jones. There you go. That's yeah. a, a huge there piece of our game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a I'm partial because right, right. Vin and I have been watching Roy for a long time and picking his stuff out. So awesome. you see Roy does the the two where he pops out, like continues yeah. his shuffle, and he'll two you off rhythm and continue to that side through it. So he I, can throw a bad two, yeah. overreach, and continue and move his feet. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I did last fight. I would think I would think that times. I would think Mike Tyson has fought the tougher resume for sure throughout his career. One hundred percent. And then when Roy did fight someone who hit hard and Tarver put him to sleep right. quick. So I think the big argument that people say like uh, Roy Jones didn't fight nobody. I think he fought a lot of good dudes. Yeah, yeah. He just made them look like shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mike Tyson was a lot of here head button standing there. You know, yeah. What he did, but Roy Jones also fought decent guys. Do you think very good guys? Do you think Roy is gonna have what I like to call the Anderson Silva moment when he stands across that cage and sees the ref and goes? Oh shit, that's Mike Tyson. I mean, <laughs> I, I call it the Anderson Silva moment. Because if you because if you remember, like back in the day when Anderson was fighting, which I'm sure as a Taekwondo guy, like Anderson was huge fan. Yeah. Huge, huge fan. But well, Anderson, people used to talk all that shit and then that door shut. And you could see the look on their face, like uh, what's his name? Uh Patrick Cote when he had it, when he Anderson, you saw him at between because he went to the third round and popped his ACL, he would go, <sighs> Like a big exhale. It's like, dude, when you're looking at me and you're exhaling, I'm like, you're not ready yet. Well, it's a it's blast different. from the past, man. And that's why when Chael, when Chael Sonnen fought Anderson, that was the first time when Chael didn't give a fuck. He, right. was like, he was like, I'm about to smash your yeah. face. And he legitimately wasn't scared of him. So I'm not saying Roy's going to be scared, but do you think he's going to have that iconic moment? Because as iconic as Roy Jones is, when it comes to boxing, no one, maybe Ali, is 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 that kind of iron mike tyson mm-hmm. and my thing is this we all know the last thing on a boxer go is a punch like you said the first time roy takes one of those shots on the arms is he gonna be like you know holy shit like do i want to get hit in the face with yeah. that because yeah. i know at one point they were talking about even wearing headgear and mike was like i'm not wearing no damn right, headgear right. <laughs> so y'all are, y'all are gonna be watching the fights yeah for sure man yeah. that's gonna I, you can't not watch heroes fight even so, though they're they may be past their prime so you, still, you're going on record roy jones yeah i'm gonna go on record and say roy um it's it's going to be a very interesting fight knock i've got out, to lean on the out side of, of the movement guy um i don't want to say knockout because we know where that's gonna be so <laughs> let's say decision <laughs> as y'all can tell I'm, I'm a little on the fence here who you got Ben? i'm going with roy too knock out of the decision I go opposite. I go knockout. Oh, uh, TKO. TKO. Yeah. All right. Again, I, I got to go on record here saying I. It's not clear if they're going to be announcing a winner or not. I heard if there's a cut, they're stopping the fight. If anybody gets cut, nobody's swinging a hundred percent at the end. They're, I've heard two different things. I've heard that they're not going to. First announce of all, a it's, it's a fight. Somebody's yeah. swinging a hundred percent. I heard that yeah. as well. And the most recent stuff I heard was there is going to be. Yeah. A, uh, they're going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So Triller is like the social media company that's putting it on. They're adamant that no, 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 there's going to be a winner. Right. Uh, we actually are doing sports betting through DraftKings uh, well, so that we can. That's got a huge piece of it too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. there is going to be betting. If there's no okay. winner, there's it's only prop bets. Exactly. Yeah, because Tyson, Tyson do- said in a uh, on an interview on a radio show in Vegas that he was betting his entire purse on himself. Oh shit! I don't even know if, so, you, I don't I even mean, know if that's allowed. Yeah, you can do that. You can bet on yourself. So they just had. You uh, just can't bet on the other. You can't bet on the other guy and take a dive. So that's they, what it is. But they, you can you can bet on yourself. They just had a story come out that uh, 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 Mayweather 
tried to bet on himself right before the Connor fight, 400,000. Yeah. And uh, they turned him down, said he couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. And in that Connor fight, uh, and people argue with me and tell me I'm crazy, I thought Connor was winning the fight. I thought it was a bullshit stoppage. And I thought they knew they had to save Floyd. Because if it went to the cards and you announced that Floyd won, people were going to be like, wait a minute. Because I thought Connor won the first six rounds of that fight. I mean, then you had people like Max Holloway going, Connor McGregor's not going to land one meaningful punch. I think immediately, as soon as they came in, he hit he hit, he hit uh Roy I mean he hit uh Floyd with that flurry and Floyd backed up and looked like, holy shit, he's fast and he hits hard. Cause I think Floyd thought it was gonna be more of a game and Connor was trying to knock his head off. So But then again, Floyd was like kept like he was trying to get in Connor's head, like kept turning around and giving him into his bag, like dipping low. Uh, I think no matter how that fight played out, no matter what, this starts with Floyd having a strategy, which obviously he did. Yeah. And he has that in all of his fights because that's why he's undefeated. Right. He, he's him. He's great. He's, he's phenomenal. And no matter what strategy he picked, there was no way he didn't win that fight. Right. Whether it was deciding to, to put on the pressure later after he'd given up some rounds to let Connor just tire out because this yeah. man's never had a, a real boxing fight against a real man like me. You know what I mean? And whooping his ass towards the end or deciding fuck it on uh, round five and on if it's a 12 round fight to, to just win the rest of the, the rounds. But I don't think in any, he chose a certain strategy. Mm -hmm. It happened to work out for him. Awesome. I think no matter how, what strategy he chose, I think Mayweather wins that fight every yeah. time. Tyson, for sure. Tyson said it the best when he said, people always say Connor lost, Connor lost. He said, but people don't realize Connor McGregor, not a boxer, came into the boxing world and went eight rounds with arguably the greatest fighter of all time, mm -hmm. winning rounds, and landed the second most punches on Floyd ever. Yeah. He goes, no one wants to talk about that. No. He goes, if Connor didn't come in and prove that mixed martial arts is the ultimate sport, he goes, I don't know what else you have to do. That's why I like Tyson for that reason. And then when he said, <laughs> and then when, uh, cause Pacquiao was supposed to be the art, the, the, the rumor is Pacquiao's fighting uh, McGregor next. Even Tyson right. was like, he goes, Oh, he'll knock Pacquiao out. It's a much closer fight. Pacquiao, Pacquiao isn't going to sit back no. like Floyd. He's going to mm -hmm. reach. And yeah. we all know when you start reaching, you open yourself up. And fighting a young yeah. guy, as old as Pacquiao is, he's lost a step or two. Fighting a younger guy that's still explosive like Connor at the top of his game, yeah. that's a very dangerous And Connor's a great, a great counter puncher, too. I definitely right. like uh, A for that reason because he's a phenomenal counter puncher. uses yeah. the distance behind him really well. And the way Pacquiao does volume and movement and attacks, it, you know, those guys, those two hands that you have protecting your face, you, the more you send them out, the less they're protecting your face. Right. It's just yep. risk reward versus attack and defense. Mayweather did it a certain way, and that's the way to do it. Yep. I think Pacquiao will be a little more adventurous and a little more risky, and I think that he Connor has a better chance in this fight, no yeah. doubt. Yep. Yeah, I think people underestimate actually how uh, meta of a, a fighter Mayweather is. Right. Like they they see him outside of the ring and they assume certain things. He he might be one of the most intelligent boxers that we've ever seen. I think that works Mayweather and uh, McGregor's favor. Yeah. Like he talks all this shit, creates this huge circus. And what does he do every fight? He gets in your head. He makes you want to kill him. He comes and presses you against the cage and then he uses all the space behind him as counterfighting. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what he did in all of his fights. And he's great. Mayweather, same deal. He's talks all this shit and you know, money, this and money that, and you know, I'm the best ever, whatever, but 
he does good Mayweather shit that makes him win fights. He doesn't just right. go out there and magically beat you. He does his game plan. That's right. He he's does not, it the best. He, do, he does what he's good at. Like he's not out there trying to read a teleprompter because exactly. we know he can't read. Exactly. And fifty and fifty has made this fifty cent is, is the pettiest person on the planet and has made this very clear that he can read. <laughs> if you can, <laughs> do you remember when uh, Conor McGregor he came over his shoulder and he said something? He's like, you can't even fucking read. Yeah, yeah. Like. Bruh, he was in Floyd's head because that uh that one time when Floyd turns around, he got in Connor's face because you know Connor was just t- trolling him the whole press circuit. But Joe Rogan said it. He goes, Floyd had to know that if I ever get angry and swing on him in a street fight situation, he'll kill me. Oh, absolutely. Because he said uh, Floyd was like, we can do this MMA if you want. He oh, goes, I'm ready no. to sign the contract. And uh, Floyd and Connor turns around like swiftly and gets in his face and goes, stop talking shit because we know I'd fucking kill you. Yeah. And it was but like that's the truth. Like, Rogan yeah, was no like, how you want to talk about this? You can be a uh, could you imagine a Floyd grappler? getting leg kicked by Connor? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my God. Any kicked. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're just not prepared for that. You haven't spent years doing it. It's, it's a, it's a Bad mixture. Connor, Connor yeah. told, but I think Connor told Floyd he was like, "Said you realize anytime you want, I can snap your neck before they can save you, right?" <laughs> and but I think no matter what happened during all that circus of a press conference, I don't think he ever got in Mayweather's head because all no. he was seeing was dollar signs. Oh yeah, like well they were in the same, they were flying on the same damn jet together. Right, like, right, exactly. He had to be like, bro, calm down a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the hustle, but it's getting a little bit too much. Right, that is. Uh, so, that, that was insane. It was it was fun to watch, but yeah. So let me get your thoughts on who do you want next, man? Like, uh, so th- we've got a we're dealing with some some contract negotiations and stuff coming up soon, uh, and we're trying to figure out you know in what direction we want to go. But to give you like the broad spectrum plan, um, obviously I want to defend the belt, uh, whether that's a rematch or a fight um, with one of these title eliminators or whatever that they're doing. Um, move up to lightweight and I've got my eye on Christian Lee, excellent fighter, uh, had awesome fights with Martin. Uh, that's a, that's a very appealing fight to me. First and, pride champ champ. And then, um, you know, we're looking at Patricio Pitbull for Bellator. I'd love to start some type of cross promotion nice. event fight. You know, I, have you I don't have too much time left in this sport. So have you I'd heard anything to, about the possibility of there being some cross promotional stuff between one and Bellator? Or is that just something no, that you would like to that, see? That's just me. Okay. Like, hey, I uh, am fighting for a huge organization. I am a champion here. I've got other people talking about being uh, phenomenal 145ers, which there's a huge list of those guys. And then a couple guys talking about being the best ever or whatever. I don't know. I The only reason I got into this sport is to fight the best guys right. and to see where I stand. Like, why wouldn't I want to go fight those guys? You know what I mean? I've said this in interviews before. Like, you know, you get this belt and people want to kind of like hanging on to O's or hanging on to the belt. You want to find the right matchup so you can keep this belt and hang on to this belt. I don't care. That's not how I don't you got give the belt. a shit about yeah. the belt. That's not how I you got it. You had, you it's went a, out it's there a piece killing of metal. People. It's heavy. It's cool. It looks cool on the wall. What, That's what's it. most important to you then? What? what the belt gives you is power. I get yeah. to either, I could use this power for good or for evil, right? Like mm-hmm. we, I talk about this a lot. I can use it and try to keep my belt and fight good matchups and fight the, this guy. Cause he's early in his career and he's not as developed. So let's get that money. You know, let's do that. Or you can use the power for good and just literally continue to go fight the best guys on the planet. Christian Lee, one of those guys rematch with Martin. I didn't like, uh, exactly how the fight went. Obviously I like the win, but other than that, I want it to play out better. I'd like to fight him again. Awesome. Um, Patricio, 
phenomenal, probably Bellator's best fighter ever. Oh yeah, I want to fight him. He's, yeah. the, he's the he's the Bellator dragon. Uh, uh, I think I personally, if I was in his corner, I'd be like, "Don't fight fucking Tan Lee. Like you were so aggressive, he's gonna knock you unconscious. He's gonna I, Michael Chandler style knock you." I out. think. Uh, I think that's a, a. Obviously, I'm me, so I think it's a bad matchup for everybody. But right. I also think I'm one of the best on the planet. So. Yeah, that's why we want to do these fights. That would, you know what would, I mean? That would definitely that would definitely be a super fight. I mean, the market for that fight would be huge. That's the thing is, I I want to do that, and my my ultimate goal is to fight whoever has the forty five belt at uh in the UFC. Well known organization is the best on the planet. I want to go fight your champ and try to beat him. That would be an honor to be able to even try, right? Whether that's Volkanovski, Holloway, whoever beats one of those guys, whatever. I want to fight that, but I think fighting uh the Bellator champ. Fighting Pitbull is our step in that direction. He right, wants yeah. to fight one of those guys too. So let's me and you fight. Make this a yeah. huge event. Do the Conor Mayweather thing. I'll tour with you. I don't give a shit. We'll sit right. on the same plane. This is business. I don't hate you. Yeah, I right. like you actually. So I yeah. wanted to ask, out of all of those matchups that you listed, which one would you prefer the most? And it seems to me like it's the Pitbull one, right? The most out which, of all those all of the matchups, matchups that you just mentioned. Which one would be like the icing on the cake? Whoever for has you? the forty-five belt in the UFC. Okay, that's my ultimate goal. Right, I want to be. That's it. Whoever was the best, I want to beat him, you know. Uh, but to get there, you got to do the right things. I knew I had to fight contenders to go get the one championship belt. I know I have to fight, uh, defend my belt, fight the lightweight, be bigger than one division, then go fight Pitbull, be bigger than my organization and his organization. Now go to the one right. that's regarded as the top. Let's go fight that guy. Yep. Why not? I mean, I, I'm just trying to fight the best guys. I don't give a shit about anything else. Right. Yeah. Well, I heard Ben Askren's thinking about making a comeback. We might be able to get some sort of a cross trade again, right? That, maybe maybe they want awesome. him back and they can do another. Figure figure something out. Let's, let's another just UFC fight one everybody. Trade. <laughs> I, uh, I'm super happy with one, by the way. Like, uh, great organization. I love fighting for them. I love, like, what they represent. Of course. And, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's less of a. A circus, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, because that's the kind of fighter I'm. I don't talk. Yeah. That's a, a very shit, Eastern, you know I mean? Eastern style of doing things, right? Like they don't like all of the antics and right. and all that kind of I stuff. Think it's I might be considered like I talk shit. Like I've heard that in interviews, like uh, for one championship. But you know, I've predicted the fight. That's about it. But I don't talk shit in general. You know, compared to yeah, you wouldn't the even circuses. You that, wouldn't even call Martin out. No, no. You waited till they offered you to fight for sure. Yeah, you know. Then if I've earned my way, I want to fight. Whoever the best guy is that is in my realm of possible fights, let me get that guy. It's not talking shit. I mean, I also think I'm a knockout Volkanovski. I also think I'm a knockout Pitbull. But that's not talking yeah. shit. That's just no, I believe in that. myself you or I'm going to go out there and yeah. lose. And, you know if, I mean? and if you compare that to your fight career, that's generally what you do is knock motherfuckers out. Like God's blessed you with a gift for putting people to sleep. God loves knockouts, and I'm he here does. to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds oh like God. a No Society t-shirt. Yeah, God no, loves no. knockouts. <laughs> so one of the things I like most about uh, 1FC, obviously they got a lot, of, a lot of good stuff going on, is that they do more than just mixed martial yeah. arts, right? They've got Muay Thai, they've got Lethway. So it's just like an all-around combat sport organization. That's really cool. And, uh, you know, I've, I've in the future, passed all the MMA stuff because I've got a, obviously I just laid them out, a ton of plans in MMA, but... You know, once that's said and done, and and I'd love to be able to go cross sport, you know, but that's somebody's asked me to do that before, and it's just something I'm not focusing on. All my focus yeah. is on MMA right now, and that's where I put my heart and soul into. So we'll follow that road until the wheels fall off, and yeah. we'll, we'll see where we go from well, there. Well, what what might that cross sport be? Then? Uh, what would you be competing in? I think kickboxing would be cool. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm, I have not the slightest idea. Well, 
I, I don't know the intricate rules and this and that of, of kickboxing and Muay Thai, but um, I'd love to try it. You know, it'd be really cool. But we got to knock out these plans first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so obviously right now, let me get your thoughts on you since you brought the UFC. The 155 belt is pretty much vacant because uh, Habib's done. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's hiding in Dagestan. He doesn't want to give. <laughs> I was very upset when they listed him as pound for pound the number one fighter in the world. I felt like his body of work wasn't enough. Majority of his wins are in Dagestan, which we don't know who these people are. Right. We don't know what was yeah. going on. Well, a lot of two-round fights. A lot of two-round fights. Well. He got to the UFC. Uh, he's beat everybody in the UFC that he's fought, which, yep. you know, hats off, great. But he's offered no rematches. Right. I always feel that it's harder to beat somebody the second time than it is the first. Uh, and I think he left a lot of fights on the table. But he's walking away. The 55 belt is vacant. Uh, so you have a lot of people who's throwing their names in the hat. You have uh, Ferguson once said he's fighting. Uh, who's, he, who, who's Ferguson just fighting? Is it Chandler? Uh, Charles Dubronx Oliveira. Yeah, oh, he's fighting right. Charles Oliveira. Versus Steve Ferguson, uh, yeah. Michael Chandler's there. They haven't. I don't think they've announced the fight for him yet. Um, so Michael Chandler is in the mix. He's training. He, yeah, he's, he's got he's something training. about. He's supposed to be in camp uh-huh, right now, so uh-huh. th- yeah, he might know more than we do. And then you have Dustin and Connor getting ready to set set forth. Uh, my personal prediction is, I really think Connor will have the belt by the end of next year. Uh, who do you who do you feel is going to be the next person to grab that one fifty five gold? So I'm I'm in line with you. Uh, I think. Okay. Um, I'm really, really interested in the Dustin Connor fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be an awesome fight to watch. I'm a huge Dustin fan, and obviously I'm a big fan of McGregor's as well. Um, that's going to be a, a big tell for the division, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I think the other fights are great fights also, but I just don't, I just don't know who. I don't think anybody else can beat either one of those guys. guys. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, I, I don't think it should be a title fight or anything right yeah. now because you know. The, They've got to organize that a little better. Yeah. But I think really that is kind of who's going to be at the top. Yeah. You know, I, I mean? think I think right now, with especially with Michael Chandler coming to the division, I think he gives a lot of interesting matchups to a lot of people. But I think his chin is suspect. And I don't think like Michael Chandler, he's a great wrestler, but I think Dustin's boxing will nullify that. I don't think he's going to get past Poirier or McGregor. And I think yeah. I think McGregor would knock him out quickly. I think it would be like a Tiago, I mean, a... Uh, Eddie Alvarez style It would knockout. kind of look like an Alvarez fight. Because as so. soon as he got, and people don't realize that McGregor's wrestling is not that fucking bad. If I mean, he was what he stuffing, did against Khabib. Yeah, he, he was, was stuffing Khabib's right thing down. Yeah. Khabib's obviously a, a lifetime wrestler, well, then so he he's going to change had, things better and, and make reads better, but what do you expect? Connor also had idiot coaches telling him, let Khabib take you down and get him tired. Like, mm. yeah, that's I a great that's game plan. Him out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this. This sounds like somebody, John Cavanaugh is like, have you ever had somebody lay on top of you, punching you for five, five minutes? Like it's, it it, it, it's exhausting, sir. <laughs> <laughs> My face can't take it. Yeah, and it looked like that's, that was the issue with uh, Connor, right? Gas tank rolled out. Uh, uh, gas yeah. tank was on empty and then he couldn't do yeah. the wrestling that he needed. Yeah, I to mean, then. he won. So he, he came back out. He went balls out in the third round. He won the third round. First person ever to take a round for Khabib. And then yeah. he was just and exhausted. Kind of shot his and load in Habib, that third round. Habib got him in the yeah. fourth, which. And didn't have the energy to stuff those takedowns. Right. I mean, it, it'd be the same thing as they were coming out telling, telling Tan, hey, uh, let's wrestle Martin Campman. Right. It's like, wait, your best weapon is well, your striking. Martin Wynn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Martin Wynn. <laughs> it, it was, uh, that other guy's kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, you can't take your best weapon off the table. Let's put our best foot forward. They should have let Connor, sh- I think when Khabib uh, hit Connor with that overhand and kind of shot Connor, all he needed to do was go, okay, I'm a good enough striker. I understand distance. Let's reset and let's 
keep uh, keep the striking game going. Mm-hmm. I hit you, you hit me. We're back to even. Let let's see what happens. And um, I think it was just a horrible game plan that yeah. Connor had. But it goes back to you said you do your relationship with your corner is so important. Like you said, you've been with Sean for so long, and you've been with your brother forever. You understand these guys. They understand you perfectly. You can see the fight the same way. So you're both on the outside. You're looking at it differently, but you're both looking for the same things, the same aspects. Right. And that that's super, super important. And that's why, you know, people talk about like watching film and stuff. And I watch a a ton of fight film when I'm fighting an opponent just to see generally what he does. But also I'm trying to get to know him as well as his corner knows him because if I know you as well as your corner know you, I will coach you better than your corner will. Right. I know this better than them. I know martial arts better than them. So I can tell you what the right and wrong answers are. You give me a wrong answer, you die. You give me the right answer, I plan for that. I do the other right answer. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, it's it's all up here yeah. in the brain. You got to create kind of a pick your poison situation. Yeah, a- Absolutely. You ask them the right questions. And they're if if I say, you know, I can make you pick whatever fingers I want. Like, you know, you pick two fingers. If you pick the ones I want, I'll put them down. If you pick the one, the the ones I didn't choose, I'll put the other ones down. Yeah. So I can always make this happen. No yeah. matter what, what questions, this finger or this finger, and you'll pick one and yeah. I'll put that down. You know what yeah. I mean? I know that doesn't translate well to a podcast, but uh, <laughs> oh, it, it just, translated perfectly. Just, <laughs> just, just, look, trust old Nikki to G. He made, he made a good point. All right, cool. So in, in Singapore, there were, there were no fans in attendance, right? There was like a hundred. Okay. All right. Limited attendance. So not a lot of noise. So you could hear everything coming from Martin's corner and yep. kind of like everything that you were just saying. Yep. What about the advice that they were giving them? You felt like they were doing a good job or do you feel like they were lacking in some departments with I how think, they were directing them? I think that <laughs> um, they were telling them to stay in Tom's face. There's not a plan, a person on this planet that should stand in front of Tom. Okay. It's not going to play out. Right. Well. So what now, do you think? They just didn't know their opponent good enough or. I think they, um, they planned like Tom said, take the strikes on the forehead, but even if Tan hit him in the forehead for the rest of the fight, you ain't taking those for the rest of the fight. Right. You don't understand how, how hard and precise Tan hits. Well, they found out. So telling your fighter to stand in front of them, I don't think was the smartest choice. You ever seen the, uh, the Mike Perry interview when he's uh, talking about his corners wanting him to go in there and fight, and he's yeah. like, fuck you, you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of yeah. felt like Martin was in that situation. Like, I'm getting hit. You go stand in front of this man. Like right. I, I'm trying to press him as safely and as hard as I can without dying. And that that's a hard, you know, it's a hard task. We try to plan for that as well as possible. And I think we had some good answers and we can, we've the morning after we woke up and got some even better answers. So that's why I want to fight him again. Um, and I don't think that one leaves the first round, but um, that's, that's the idea, right? Like I think his corner gave him the right answers strategically, but you ran into a roadblock, which was my punches on your forehead, and now you understand you can't do that safely. That's where like a branch off has to happen, and a, a better understanding with one another has has to happen. If I'm not doing it, I need another route to it, victory. It's Help like, me. It's like no one no one explained to him like, hey, you, this the the game plan is to put your forehead down, protect the chin, but you're gonna eat a lot of shots. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna suck. But yeah. You gotta have to try to find that way and draw him into an exchange and try to catch him on the back end. And it's almost seemed like no one explained that to him. Like you're still fighting Tan Lee, you're still gonna get hit a lot. Like it's it, there's no way around it. I mean, even in the few fights that, that I've seen you lose, your opponent still got hit a lot. You just have to have that perfect storm, that perfect situation where if 
it doesn't add up exactly where you want it, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that risk and reward mentality. It's is the juice worth yeah. the squeeze right here. Yeah. And a big part of coaching, not just in fighting, but coaching in general is you come in with a game plan, but you have to be able to adjust on the fly, right? Because a fight or a match or a game is dynamic. You know, do you feel like Martin's corner did a good job with those adjustments or they came in with a game plan and they stuck with it they even to their the, detriment? The, yeah, I think that was the case. They came in with a good game plan. They stuck with it to the death pretty much. Yep. I think they could have had a little bit of branch offs. The problem is, so we, we talk about martial arts answers a lot. So like uh, whether I do Taekwondo or wrestling or jujitsu, the answer is if you go over, I go under. If you go to the left, I go to the right, right? Unless I want to create a collision. That's just the martial arts answer there. I think the martial arts answer for Martin at the time was be better at certain things he wasn't better at, right? So right. I don't think he had the exact tools. He didn't have the flathead screwdriver for the flathead screw. He might've yeah. had a Phillips and Mm, I'm gonna yeah. try to jam this in there and make it work. work try right? to rig it up. Yeah. Do you think you could beat Tan Lee in a fight? No. That, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. we're both going to be who can adjust in the fight better. Yeah. Right. If I'm Tan Lee with Vin in my corner against Tan Lee without, yeah. the one with Vin in the corner wins. If I'm uh, Tan Lee with a good game plan versus Tan Lee just going to fight this man the game plan wins. Right? I think, but that's how every fight is. Like I fight Martin, like I spar in the gym because I don't really, I'm not super focused. I'm just trying to get better at a couple things. I get knocked out. Right. 10 times out of 10, not like eight times out of 10, like 10 times out yeah. of 10. He's a champion for a reason. The dude's fucking good. Yep. Yep. So you, you better come with everything stacked in your corner because two or three of those walls might get knocked down. You better have one or two left over. Right. Right. So then uh, you said earlier that you're looking to uh, climb back in that steel yourself, man. Yeah, I just started cutting weight again about a month ago. So what you right now, about 225, 230? Nah, I'm about 205. <laughs> 205, all right. Um, 200, 205, but, yeah. you know, I want to get a little lower so I can cut and fight again. I'm kind of feeling the same way. I'm trying to cut right now. I think I'm like 230. Never been this big in my life. I'm like, dude, I said, I'm, I'm trying to fight again. I said, but I need, at least need to get back down to like 200 pounds, right, man. Like, right. let's try to get my waistline back down to like 32. <laughs> uh, so you said. I look good for those pictures. Oh, yeah. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I got to keep my shirt on. Uh, so what do you think you're looking at? Like January, February? Like you thinking? February, March, maybe. It's down to 55 is what you said, right? Yeah. And no call outs or just anybody can get it. I don't care. I just want to fight. All right, all right. Don't accept the fight, y'all. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. I, I, yeah, I train with this man every day. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, so you guys' brother is uh, climbing back in the steel pretty soon in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're excited for free. Um, he's been training hard. He's gotten so good so fast. Um, but any, he's got his head in the right spot too. And it's man, he's a dangerous, dangerous dude. He's different but the same yeah. than us. You know what I mean? It's really cool to see like his twist on things where we'll give him some advice or guide him in this direction or, you know, not fix, but like fix this thing or fix that thing. And he get, he runs away with it in his own little way. And it's awesome to see because he's not with the Taekwondo background, but he takes the, we obviously that's all I know how to teach is the philosophy that we fight with because I'm not going to teach you bullshit. I'm going to teach you what I think is as effective and real as possible. And Vin is a huge part of that. And he's, you know, he was originally his friend first and they're just continually just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And he's developed such a, a good twist on our game plan. It's uh, it's really nice. It's unpredictable and it's nice. Yeah. So for the listeners that might not be sure talking about Evan Freeman, uh, what do you think it is with Evan? Like the intangibles that he has that allows him to learn 
this quickly and to pick up the things that y'all are teaching like so so quickly and He's so proficiently. Ready to learn. He trusts us. So that you attitude. I mean? that, yeah. That 100%. learning. 100%. Yeah. Like the things that really everybody talks about when they're commentating fights, those things don't matter. It's the other stuff. It's what can your brain uh, open up to? What can you accept philosophically to, to, can you be disciplined enough to take that? And when some shit gets crazy in a fight, really continue to speak that language. You know what I mean? And he does that really well. I think it's the trust, you know, like we are an actual family and I think it's he 100% he's going to ride or die with what we say. And I'm going to do that with Vin. He's going to do that with me. And if we all have the right goal in mind and we really think things out the right way, then it, it's going to play out. Well, you might lose, but it's going to play out well. Yeah. Yeah. Any idea on when he might be turning pro? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be we, were talk, soon. we talked about that when, when he and I talked and I was like, he's like you, he's like, I ain't getting any younger. You know, it, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Right. Uh, it's uh he could go last fight, but mm-hmm. we want to set him up the right way and, and, and not set him up as far as like opponents go, but set him up with the skills and the mental right, right. preparation to get him right yep. to, to, to adjust during fights and things that people can't do at a high level. Yeah. Skills wise, he's already pro level. I've seen him beat up multiple pros. I'm not gonna name any names, yeah. but here in when we lived in Virginia, which was two years ago, which was he was way he's way better now than he was before. And I've seen him beat up pros up there. So I mean, skills wise, he's there. It's just he's got to take like you know one or two more steps before he does that. Right. Yeah. It's it's that cage time. Yeah. You can't you can never acquire for that cage time right. outside of cage time and that's what happens with a lot of amateurs they go in there real quick and oh you're 10 and 0 but you beat everybody in the first round like you gotta you gotta get a hold of a killer yeah that was my problem is i had so many amateur fights and i think like 14 or 15 and one if i had 15 i won 14 of them like but i only had maybe two or three actual three round three minute three round fights like that amount of cage time you know what i mean it only equated to two or three fights that was bullshit like i i wish i could go back and go beat you know, get his distancing and timing and go play with some stuff and then go take him down and then go get taken down. I wish I could have lost half my amateur fights yep, by yep. trying shit. You know what I mean? Yep. So anybody listening, do that. Who cares? It's yeah, an that's amateur what I, That's career. what I tell people as better. amateur fights. Get out there and try some shit. Like, yeah. I'd rather you lose now than when it counts. Right, yeah. Right. Work on the things that you need the most help at. Work you're going to learn. Thing, work on your deficiencies. Right. Yeah, you're going to learn more from that loss than you're ever going to lose from a win. Because right. when you win, you're like, oh, shit, I did everything right. And it's like, actually, you did everything wrong, except your opponent was just worse. And that's the the thing that I think a lot of guys at a quote unquote high level fuck up is like immediately after my fight, I was, man, I was immediately pissed. Like it shouldn't have done half played out like this. I should have just wiped this man. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's a champ. I'm not going to wipe him, but you know, that's what happens inside of my brain. So yeah, yeah. I woke up the next morning, couldn't go in each other's room. So we did a joint FaceTime call with me, Vin, Sean, and then, all right, what do we need to do? Like what, what happened that we need to fix this thing, this thing, and this thing. Okay. Vin, what's your answers for this thing? A and B Sean, what's your answers for that same thing? B and C. All right, cool. That's what needs to happen right now. Is it like this? I'm going to drill it. We watched. Cool. Next problem. Like you have to take your wins and learn just as much as your losses. It's more obvious in your losses, but you have to, or you're, you'll run into the John Jones thing where he'll get up wiping people. And then now like, man, the last three or four fights have been kind of close. He's not Mm. changing things up. He's not being uh, strategically unique like he was before, you know? Yeah. I think him going to heavyweight, and a lot of people are all in on him. Uh, I know Jeff's all in on him. Uh, but when until he beats Stipe, and I think that Stipe is going to create so many unique problems that John Jones has never dealt with. 
Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time in mixed martial arts. He's the only one to hold the belt as long as he has, and he dismantles people. And I think that, and John notoriously has problems with bigger guys. Yeah. And he's never going to have fought a guy who's going to hit him as hard as Stipe, who's going to wrestle as good as Stipe. And Stipe has a chin out this world. We have to remember, Ninganu overhanded Stipe, and he looked at him. Like, uh, yeah. It, I mean, gonna, also gonna DC be a big chip shot at him and put him to sleep too. So yeah. you yeah. know, it, it's just it's all relative. But yeah. I think it's gonna be. I'm so excited to watch. I think. That. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a John, awesome. it's a John Jones fight, and it's hard to bet against John yep. Jones. Yep. But I think when they if if they do and when they fight, I think I'd have to go with the champion. Yeah, I. If I had to lean one way or the other, if I had to bet something, I'd bet a dollar on Steve A probably. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Vin was talking about you guys living in Virginia. For anybody that's listening that might not know. Uh, how did you guys end up there? What were y'all doing? So I um, I was on the Ultimate Fighter um, with obviously everybody from the show, but uh, the winner, Ryan Hall, is uh, just became a buddy of mine. We connected in the house. We trained together a lot. Um, it, he's a why did y'all two connect so good in the house? He's a phenomenal mixed martial artist, but a phenomenal martial artist in the sense his philosophies about fighting and defense and offense and how to approach people was. I, I steal everything I, I can from him. He's a, he's a genius. You know what I mean? A fighting genius. He's a regular genius too, but yeah, he's a fighting so. <laughs> genius, but it's awesome to, to connect with somebody like that. And we just became friends and he, you know, he invited me to train and how long just, did it take for y'all to make that connection in the house? Uh, so that took a few weeks because at the beginning, everybody's kind of a little standoffish, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, will I have to fight these guys? Yeah. I know they're on my team, but you know, if we get rid of all the <laughs> Europeans and the Americans have to fight, or if all the Americans go, all the Europeans have to fight, which ended up happening. So kind of weird at the beginning, we ended up connecting, like talking a little bit about martial arts and training. And so it ended up maybe about halfway through the show, I, I'd say. Um, so we got three or four weeks of, of decent training, even though the training schedules weren't phenomenal, but decent training. Yeah. And then, uh, I knew I wanted to learn and train from this man and help him if I could, you know? Um, uh, so he's awesome grappler. I, I like to strike. So we connected well, he invited me to train. We ended up going back and forth, flying back and forth. And I'd go up there, I don't know, every couple months, you know, pretty, pretty regularly. And, um, he, you know, kind of threw out an idea like, you know, I could open a, I don't have a striking program. I, you could come teach and, you know, bring your brother and all that and whoever you wanted to bring and teach and train and just kind of live up here. I'm like, all right, cool. So we did that for a couple of years and it was fucking awesome, man. It was awesome. I obviously missed home and I love being home and I continue to go back and forth every month, every six weeks to train with him. I mean, I I'm not, to, he, I'm not there now cause my hands are hurt, but yeah, as soon as that heals, I'm back over there. You know what I mean? I'd it, have to think that, I mean, most guys don't know you guys, but you guys are definitely as myself or, uh, part of the going out crowd mm-hmm. uh so i'd have to think that virginia has to be fucking boring coming from new orleans to go to virginia so it wasn't it okay it wasn't new orleans like right. let's get that out the way because i, rem- it I wasn't remember that bad because i remember because like you and i like we don't see each other during the week but i knew for a fact every saturday night around three four in the morning oh, yeah. i'm gonna see the libros at red eye like this is there. gonna happen absolutely <laughs> like, that see- was my that's my break my down and these guys like almost don't drink you always see them just outside because you know they're, they're so fucking cool they're just outside every time just chilling like hey it's like how you guys get hit with no sleeves they just let us in man <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you know we're not heavy drinkers i don't drink daily or anything i don't like have a beer with dinner that's just not my thing it's fine right. it's cool you know my wife used to do it before she was pregnant she'll have a glass of wine or whatever that's just right. not my thing. I don't like it, Yeah. but we like to go out and hang out with each other. I just also like to hang out with each other 
with cool music, you know, yeah. it, it, it's just cool. And our friends are usually out there. So we're not like, we do go out, but it's not like going out, going out. Right, right. You know what I mean? We're not getting a section. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's just, yeah, we just have people watching and enjoying just want, the music. Just want, to, and just want to see and be seen and hang talking out for shit a to each other. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that was cool. You know what I mean? But, but we used to get a section a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every now and then. So how did that Virginia nightlife go? It was, it was cool. It's uh, not the same. What city was it um, in, in Virginia? It, DC. We okay. go out to DC. Okay, awesome. Um, We're only twenty minutes from DC. Okay, so we go out to DC and and the huge crowds. It was uh, they close it too. Yes, for the most part. Um, so that was weird. The first time that we ever, don't go out till twelve thirty one right. o'clock. Yeah. Here, you the know first I mean? time that ever happened to me, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, after Katrina. I was with my older brother, and he was like, "Y'all ready to go out tonight?" It was like seven thirty. I was like, "Yeah, I'll start getting ready." At like like twelve thirty, twelve forty five, I was like, "All right, let's do it." He was like, "All right." And like we drove, he lived like 20 minutes out. So we drove, we parked, we got in there. It was one thirty. Mm-hmm. Like I bought a beer, sat down, all the lights came on. Shut down. I pulled my ID out and he goes, what are you doing? I was like, we getting raided, huh? He goes, no, we're closing. I was like, what? I, I was like 22 <laughs> at the time. Great. I was like, close. What is this close you speak of? Right, right. <laughs> like he's like, it's done. Yeah, 2 the timing was, was way off. Like, you know, but it was it was cool because really, why do we go out? So I can hang out with my wife, hang out with my brother, hang out with my friends. And Absolutely, that's it. Like that's what we did at home, and that's what we did when we went out in Virginia too. So that was cool. You know what I mean? It's just obviously it's not the same feel. Yeah, well, I love it. That's why I moved back home. I love home. So I heard a rumor that the fight shorts you wore were the new No Society fight shorts. Produced by the one and only Vin Lee. That is accurate. The most comfortable shorts on the planet. I tell you, I thought I was just wearing a cup out there. If you've ever tried these shorts on, you just you don't feel them. You're really some, cool. Some extra agility. Oh yeah. And I, I also I flipped in there, man. And I also <laughs> saw that Mr. Evan Freeman also wore these same shorts. That's right. You want to tell us a little bit about that clothing line, Ben? Yeah. Um. Just something I had on my brain for the last couple of years, and have been taking steps towards the right direction with branding and stuff like that, and. Uh, when I got together with my girlfriend, she's a graphic designer, so which kind of really kicked it right in the ass to get it going yeah. because she, uh, des- me and her designed it. She does it, but me and her, you know, put the things together because I don't know how to work the computer as she does. She's uh, really good with designing stuff. I don't know how to work the programs and stuff. But um, So how do I get in contact with you about this No Society? You go to nosocietylife.com. Or you can message me on Instagram or No Society's Instagram and No Society Life.com. And what's your Instagram handle? It is the underscore Asian underscore Cajun. And uh, message me and we can figure out what you want and we can get it going. Absolutely. So I know right now you're at shorts and I know uh, I'm, I'm special, guys. So I got on the inside track for these hoodies. Right. Got some uh, hoodies guys, coming up. Yeah. Weather's guys, changing. You guys right? might have to wait, but I know I got on the inside <laughs> track. I'm part of the Cool Kid Club. Right now we have two different hoodies and. What else I have? Oh, the Libro shirts, which I'm also selling. Awesome. Absolutely. Through New Society. So we need to get some cool ass socks. Some nice comfortable ass socks. I don't like to wear shoes, so I like socks that have that little padded uh, little padding on the bottom. Like the little sector six socks that go jump. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> man. Like those socks are great, boy. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Next I might do some joggers and okay. snapbacks yeah. and stuff like that. Y'all give him some feedback, what y'all want to buy. Yeah. Let Absolutely. Him know. Absolutely, get out there, support Vin's new company, man. Couldn't think of a better company to support. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, appreciate you guys coming out, spending a little time with us. Uh, 
really giving us insight to the fight, man. We appreciate it. We know you're a busy guy. I mean, it's not often you get to talk to Tan Lee. Oh my God. I don't know why, but I, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to be on. I don't know. I probably didn't Tan, say anything I'll, useful, I'll say this. I've known Tan for about 10 years now. Uh, I've known him his whole fight career. The guy has never fucking changed. He's still approachable. He's still the same humble guy. He knows who he is. He knows his abilities. He knows that he brings to the table. But at the end of the day, he's still just Tan. And that was one of the most awesome things about you. One of the things I love about you the most. Uh, I mean, even myself, like after you won the title, I was like, oh, I want to talk to Jeff. I, was like, I want to get him on the show. I was like, I'll, I'll text him. Like, even I was a little like gun shy to be like, here, to be like, uh, and then I saw you at the Atlas fights and you were like, hey man, how's the podcast going? I was like, oh shit, Tan actually knows we got a podcast. <laughs> I was like, so, I mean, I appreciate you never changing, dude. And that's one of the things that it, doesn't come easy. Like a lot of guys get that success. They get that belt. They start getting a little money and they're a superstar. Now. I don't, I don't even understand that. Like I yeah. don't get why you would change. Like, cause I have a little bit more money or even if it was a lot of bit more money, what is like, because those morals don't matter. Those things right. don't matter to me. I, it really doesn't change anything. That's like dyeing your skin purple. Like yeah. I, that does not matter to me. If you have blonde hair or blue hair, are you cool? Cool. I just don't get how guys like get a bunch of money and change. That's just insane to me. That just means you was a bitch the whole time anyway. <laughs> True story. Like even when you was broke. Yeah. You just <laughs> you hit it because you were trying to be nice. <laughs> That's great. Well, you, you guys want to talk about some UFC fights uh, yeah, coming up yeah. this weekend? Let's Give some it. picks. All right. I know we got y'all kind of on the spot. You didn't do the research. Uh -oh. So I would expect that you guys are going to do about as well as Nick usually does. So uh -oh. <laughs> y'all should be about hand in hand. I started off out the gate pretty hot. I was like, I was calling myself Mystic Nick over here. Uh -huh. Beginner's uh, luck. I want some beginner's luck. But then and that's my, where it went wrong was with the mystic Nick part. And then uh, I think I'm, I'm riding at like 50% right now. <laughs> okay. I, but I get, that, the, I get the main game, events, man. right? Like That's what I say. Like, we'll see. Yeah. That's yeah. the fight game. If fight. Nobody wants to stick to the correct game plan or strategy. So it is kind of a coin flip. That's bullshit. I hate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. So, so the main event and did get wiped yeah. because Curtis Razorblades oh. tested positive with the Rona. <sighs> Damn. Damn. The Rona is undefeated this yeah, year. She got that right. She's uh, the Rona has taken out some high level caliber fighters this year. Yeah, I don't want no beef. No problem. One hundred percent finish beef. rate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and no beef. She's she makes she's making people quit in the back. Like uh, I don't even want to weigh in. Nah, I'm, I'm done. Good. So actually, I heard that uh, now we're starting to call it the vid. So I, I don't know. I think Rona was kind of like because of, of Kevin Hart. Shout out yeah, Kevin Hart. There hey, you go. Stand up was phenomenal, <laughs> by the way. Well. Joe Rogan said it first. Oh, did he? He okay, said it okay. in the podcast first. He cool. said young Jamie Shout got the vid. Him. Yeah. But Kevin Hart, you know, he steals jokes here and there. Yeah. So, Nick, I think uh, you sent me your picks last night. I think. I, I, I don't know if it's because you saw the article on the website, but I'm pretty sure they're they're mimicking mine. So, if. Look. Uh -oh. First of all, I don't even know who's fighting unless they're like, I know. I can keep up with, like, the big names. Right. I don't know who's fighting until Jeff sends me a fight card out the blue going, send me them picks. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I follow people I might compete against. Yeah. I watch that really closely and guys I really like. But I, other than that, I'm kind of like, I don't know who is fighting this I weekend. follow Gulf Coast MMA. There if there's go. a show in the local vicinity, I know who's fighting because these are the guys I really and truly care about. Like, I I legitimately care about you i right. care about aj fletcher i care about brandon a bear i care about jewel i care about jonathan island <clears throat> so when these guys fight i know about it i know who they're fighting yep. i know who their opponent is i know what to kind of expect and we make plans to be there to cover that event but other than that like on the ufc level like i mean they're exciting right. i love it i'm gonna watch but 
until I till like the day That's before. Till the day I'll, before, I have no fucking. I'll watch fight. it anyway, so right. I don't. You know, I don't care who's on. I'm just gonna watch the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we talked some sports betting before we started recording. You guys uh, getting any any betting, any fight bets? No, Louisiana, um, Louisiana is uh, now a little bit. It's now legal here, so mm. I think they said they were expecting like August that it'll be up and running because they have to figure out how they're gonna tax us first. Uh, of you know that you know main you know they want yeah, their how money. How can I get my piece, <laughs> sir? It's so I know Las Vegas. Uh, I think my nephew was telling me it's like they don't tax it till it reaches like a certain amount of payoff, and then they tax it. Mm. But you're winning, the or the, you're winning. That, okay, right? yeah, you're. Uh, so Louisiana should be the same thing. I look at it like this: right. love anything under half a mil. You don't yeah, get half nothing. a mil. I mean, do you right. even need anything to report over it? half a mil? So then basically, you have to report nothing it. I ever do is going to yeah. be taxed. <laughs> I mean, if you're on DraftKings making a couple hundred a week, that, yeah, you don't I mean, have to report I think that, that's right? where I think that's where like my price point is. Like I'm going to be like at. Cause I have a, a off track betting parlor, like maybe like a mile and a half from my house. I think I'll probably be in there on, on like big UFC cards. Like, Oh, I'm going to bet 200 bucks tonight. And that's it. That's right. what I was going to lose anyway. So you're not out here with the, the Mayweather ticket, like $35,000 on one <laughs> well, fight that, or whatever. That, that dude to bet a million dollars on Amanda Nunez yeah. to only win 300 grand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's it with, with betting fights, right? Is that you've got a money line, you're picking the winner because you know, you don't have a point spread. You don't right. have, all those other variables. So first up on that card coming up this Saturday, we got uh, Spike Carlisle taking on Bill Algeo. Uh, Carlisle's minus 185 favorite. Algeo's a plus 150 underdog. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the nicknames, right? And we got, like, I think some of the better nicknames in the game here in uh, Spike, the Alpha Ginger, Carlisle, like taking that. on <laughs> Bill Senior Perfecto. Oh. Algeo, right? So... Looking at it, I didn't even look at their records. or I'm just looking at the nicknames here, and I'm, like, trying to weigh it out. And I'm, I'm going with Carlisle because I don't know if I could ever doubt an alpha ginger. Right, right. Like I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with subjugated I'm going to follow you with, at so. Carlisle as well. <laughs> I'm going to go nickname uh, judgment. And if, if you have perfect in your name in any way, I'm going the other guy. Yeah. Senor Perfecto. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you got perfect in your name, you got to be doing something good. So. But, but are we but sure I'm that going that in means... the opposite direction? If you think you're perfect, I'm going against the other guy. If you yeah. think you have to be perfect, yeah. I'm, going, I'm betting on the other guy. Well, well, we don't have a Spanish to English dictionary in here. Are we 100% certain that perfecto, perfecto is a... My Spanish a... is good enough to cover that one <laughs> word. Is That's it, about it. It's either perfect or pasta. One or the other. <laughs> well, and I like pasta. So I like <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got Miguel Baeza taking on Takashi Sato, right? The uh, old Pancrase. I say old, but Pancrase is still going on at mm -hmm. least until a couple years ago. Uh, Baeza, 9 and 0. He's a minus 165 favorite. Takashi Sato, plus 135 dog. I'll let you guys go first. His name's Takashi. Takashi Sato. I'm going yeah. with him. I'm a. Uh... This is going to get me judged on online. I'm a 6'9 fan, so I'm going Takashi all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Now, this is Takashi. I think he's a also, Takashi. So there's also, a difference let here. it be said, Close do enough. not trust Han with your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey. going to go with Miguel <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going Miguel Baeza as well, 9-0. and And uh, I think there's a bunch, a bunch of finishes. Uh, he's a buzzsaw. Yeah, 2-0 and in the UFC with uh, two finishes as well. Yeah, I'll go with Miguel too. Yeah, not at nine at nine and zero in the UFC's deep welterweight division. Yeah, uh, dangerous. If he gets if he gets a ten and zero, he's definitely going to get somebody in the top fifteen. Mm -hmm. Now, now, Vin, I feel like your pick may have changed there in a short amount of time from what you were going to give it until after I get no, my little spiel. I, I like the nine and zero. I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, he looks like he's been doing something good. <laughs> he's got he's got the pieces. He's doing all right. All right, third up, we got Josh Parisian, thirteen and three, taking on Parker 
Porter, Parisians, the minus 205 the division. favorite. Yep, Porter is a plus 165 dog. Guys? I'm going to go Josh Parisian. Yeah, go heavy favorite there. Josh yeah. Parisian? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's always safe to bet the, the favorite in a heavyweight fight because when you get big old boys throwing paws around, man, yeah. it's like everybody hits Who hard knows? in heavyweight. Is is the answer. Whoever lands a paw yeah. first. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Parisian's making his UFC debut here. All right, he's coming off the contender series. This is going to be his first fight in, coming in at a minus two hundred five favorite. He looked nasty on the contender series. Though. That was a that's a, that's a pretty big jump, right? Going from contender series to a heavy favorite. Yeah, in in a UFC fight, that's pretty cool. They might know something we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Parker Porter's just in his second UFC fight, and uh, he lost his debut to Chris Dawkins back at uh, UFC two fifty two. Mm. Uh, Dawkins, his brothers in the UFC as well, right? They're both both doing really well. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with Parisian here. Uh, I think actually this card, I picked all the favorites. Which... And then leading us to, I guess it's now the main event of the evening, light heavyweight contest between Anthony Smith sporting a 33 and 16 record versus Devin Clark coming in at 12 and four. Yep. Smith is the minus 140 favorite. Clark's the plus 110 dog. Smith should be a way bigger favorite in this fight. I'm going to go Anthony Smith on those. Yeah, I'm going to go Smith. He, You know, I liked what he did in his last few fights, even though opponents were questionable but i like what he did i like him we'll pick him well glover Teixeira, man i think he's won six out of his last seven 41 years old and he's like i think the number one contender right now heavyweight glover found the phantom yeah he did something right we like we need an interview with glover Teixeira, like asap like dude what has been going on the last two or three years right 41 years old what do you say no, I'm saying we need one. We don't have oh, one yet. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, maybe I want to know. Maybe you can make some phone I'm, calls and set it I'm up for up us. getting up there, too. I need to know what he's doing. He's doing something right. He looked great. Yeah. Smart training. Training smart. Yeah, I'm going with Anthony Smith. Uh, it's the return of the Mac, right? Like, uh, I don't even listen to rap or hip-hop, really, but uh, that song is forever ingrained in my brain from, uh, you know, hearing him come out with that walkout and then the absolute mauling that he got from uh, – uh, Glover Teixeira, man. Just so like, we every, have, every time I hear it, I'm just like reminded of his of Anthony Smith's teeth coming <laughs> out and, and him handing them, handing them to the right. Hey, man, just hold on to these for me. I'm, I'm getting them from you later. Just yeah. while he was fighting. So yeah. we have two two final questions for you very quickly. Uh, number one is so we're collecting fighter data. If you could pick one tool, whether it's something mental, something physical, uh, like uh, we talked to Yuli Diaz. That was a guy who has the fastest knockout combat mm-hmm. sports history uh, earlier this week. Three-second knockout and bare knuckle. Even though it was the, quicker? It was definitely. We, we discussed this. It's yeah. definitely quicker. Uh, and he told us hard overhand right is what he would bring to the table. So if you could add one skill to our fighter, we already have mental toughness. We have cardio from Brandon Davis. And we have the overhand right from uh, Yuli. What would Tyon Lee add to this perfect fight? Uh, I guess I'm going to be a nerd and say um, understanding exactly what tools are meant for. Okay. Right. Can I elaborate a little bit yeah, more on so that? Like, uh, understanding what a sidekick is for. Is it to kill? Is it to frame? Is it to redirect? Uh, what type of attitude does your jab have? Is, is it a bait? Is it an actual put the back of his head on, flip it to his spine? Is it uh, a setup? You know, Footwork, same stuff. Floating to the right. What does that do? Why do you do it? What does it entice him to do? What reactions could you possibly get from it? Why would you use this in a fight versus person A? Right. Like I think that obviously that's like fight IQ would have been an easy answer, but I got specific on you. <laughs> and then lastly, 
It's a tradition here at Fight Sports Focus Podcast that you allow Jeff and I to pick your next walkout song. Yeah. You can't know what it is. All right. It, it can be it's any, a blind walkout for you. It could be you. anywhere from maybe some Takashi right. or maybe our personal favorite, the Groin Pains theme song. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> show me that smile. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just take that rally around yeah. in your brain. Psych your opponent out big right. time, right? I, like it. I mean, y'all can pick it. I'm not going to use it, but y'all <laughs> I mean, can pick yeah. it. I got a vibe like I'm in a club. Like, no joke. I need, you know, I like what we could a do common is, response that we've been getting. Right. Very common response. <laughs> what we could do is we can get you some headphones. Ah. And then you can vibe to your own music like while like we it. vibe to like the crowd. Wear them around your neck, you know what I'm saying, so you can't hear it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. JBL, fucking uh, Beats by Dre. Y'all hit me up. Let me know. Well, you got any sponsor? Anybody you want to shout out, man? Uh, y'all mentioned Go Lay Down earlier. I always want to shout them out. They do such a great job. Um, you know, we're gonna go No Society, of course. Bros uh, clothing line, and then shout out to my gems: Mid City MMA, Moon College Taekwondo, Fifty Fifty Jiu Jitsu, and Falls Church. Like. Uh, those are my main focuses. Obviously, my family, my wife, my son, Ty, and the one to be, the one coming, the one on the way. I can't wait to meet you, baby. Thank you guys so much for being here, man. One fighting championship, featherweight, world champion, Tom Lee. Vin, thank you guys so much for being here. 15th episode of the Fight Sport Focus podcast in Woo. the books. Don't forget, follow us on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fight Sport Focus. Visit our website, fightsportfocus.com. New episodes are dropping twice a week these days. So make sure to subscribe to and share this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hoffman, Nikki, the G Nicholas Sherlock. Thank you guys for listening.